Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Monday, June 20th edition of the Basement Academy. Hope you had a good weekend. Father's Day yesterday, vacation Bible school started last night at Greenwich. Uh, Friday night had a great gathering. Uh, our new director of family ministries, Lauren McMillan, gathered up with some of our Greenwich youth alumni, college students, and others. We had a great uh, time. Uh, getting to know one another in that way. So, um, yeah, so a very full uh, weekend, quick weekend. <laughs> and here we are. It's Monday again. Uh, let's begin with the morning psalm, another one of my favorites, Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious and will lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed he answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. O oh Lord, save the king. Answer us when we call. It's a psalm extolling David uh, and I think by extension, the descendants of David who sit on the throne. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Um, offered on behalf of the king, uh, that the king would be righteous and delight in God and God would grant uh, good desires and fulfill those. I think by extension then to us, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, uh, may he give new desires. Not that we get everything we want. It's more about may we want the things that God wants us to want. May he grant us, may he give us new desires, desires to please him, uh, to honor him with our lives, and so that our plans then would succeed because they are in accordance with God's will. And we're going to talk about that in our James study. Okay. So let's uh, finish out chapter 4 today and tomorrow. Uh, just a few short verses. Chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Okay, that's how chapter 4 ends up. Listen, you who say. 
we're going to go here. We're going to do that. We're going to move to that city. We're going to make a bunch of money. You don't know that's going to happen. <laughs> you don't know about tomorrow. I hear an echo of Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Let me go ahead and read that for you. Do, do, do. <clears throat> and so uh, it, it's, the, it's the passage concern about food and drink and clothing, etc. Don't worry. Consider the lilies of the field, the birds of the air. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So make your priority God. Seek God first. All these things, don't, don't chase after the world's goods. God knows what you need. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I hear some echo of that. You don't know about tomorrow. Tomorrow's full of uncertainty. We, we think we know, and most of our lives feel pretty predictable and routine. You know, we kind of mumble and stumble about and muddle through each day, and tomorrow comes pretty much like yesterday and etc. But we really don't know. It's not guaranteed to us. And so where Jesus is speaking about the priority of seeking God over and against the things of this world. God knows what we need. He knows we need food, clothing, shelter, uh, and, and the like. And so James, I think, is speaking into that same reality, that same human reality, speaking to these early Christians who are scattered from Jerusalem to the 12 tribes scattered, in some cases, perhaps because of persecution, right? We don't hear a whole lot of persecution here. Somebody's planning to move about, but, but once you've moved from home, you realize, oh, well, I can move here, I can move there, I can go somewhere else. And so <clears throat> I think James is concerned with the same um, sense that Jesus is, is lifting up with regard to the priority of God. The priority of God in our lives. What you don't know about tomorrow, what, what is your life? It is, it is but a, a mist. Rather, you should say, if it is the Lord's will, we will go here and do that. And so there's some tension here between what I would call planning and presumption, okay? God has given us rational faculties, right? He, he's given us capacities um, to labor and to work and to do. He's given us minds that can think. We can see the world. We can evaluate. We can, we can think about moving to another community, and we have skills, and so we can engage those skills for the good of others. We can labor uh, receive compensation for that so we can move to this city or that city and we can make money and get on with our lives. All of that's true. We are made in the image of God, wonderfully, fearfully made. And so planning is something that we do as humans. 
I've got plans for the summer. You've got plans for the summer, right? I've got plans for today and, and tomorrow and this week, and so do you. But our planning is never done to the exclusion of God. Now, now people do plan to the exclusion of God, right? I mean, that's part of the human condition, um, that, that, that we forget God. God, I'm going to do my own thing. That's the autonomy. I'm going to just live my life independent of you, and I'm just going to be happy and get on with my life. But not the Christian, right? Not the people of God. We are here for a purpose. God has ordained uh, our lives to serve his good purposes. And so the Christian considers that. It's not the only consideration, but it is a necessary consideration in our lives. So as we make our future plans, there's nothing in this passage in James that says don't plan. It's don't plan presumptively, as if we know with certainty how things are going to be in the future. We don't know. Rather, we should say, if the Lord wills, we'll go to this city. So in my planning, consider God, that God may have purposes for my life, that I may try to go into a new field of endeavor, but a door may close, and that may be God redirecting. Uh, Apostle Paul had that experience in the book of Acts. He kept trying to get go, kind of kept trying to go, and then boom, the door would close. And, and so the Holy Spirit redirected him. And so it is with our lives. And sometimes we don't understand that. We forget that because in our planning, we don't remember, oh, if the Lord wills, this, uh, this, this a plan of mine will, will come about. And so when we do that, when we're considerate of God and, and God's a providence, so what I've got here is if the Lord wills, we need to trust the providence of God. It's old-timey language. Um, uh, in, in days gone by, uh, Christians would refer to providence, God's involvement uh, in the world, his uh, preserving the world, upholding the world, sustaining the world. There's language in scriptures about that. God upholds this world by his word of power. The sun rises today because of the will of God, his purposes of God. But there's also uh, an involvement, God guiding the affairs of nations. There's language in scripture about that. In Psalm 67 in particular, you guide the nations of the earth. He raises up rulers, he deposes them, uh, the book of Daniel. And so um, it's this notion that God is actively involved in this world, bringing about his own ends and purposes we don't always recognize that, but certainly the gospel narrative, when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, Galatians chapter 4. And so we believe that God is at work, but we kind of forget that. We, we know it when we go to church on Sunday, we remember those things, kind of. But we forget it on Monday morning as we get out and we plan our week and we're going, going, going. And we, we kind of forget that God may have other purposes. There may be divine interruptions that take place. Somebody who comes across your path, slows you down on your plan, 
this is like the good Samaritan, right? You know, the Levite and the priest, they don't have time to help this guy. But this Samaritan received that a divine appointment, that divine interruption of the man who had been beaten by the robbers. And his life was altered. And so he turns aside, helps that man. And so that's kind of how life is. As we get into this week, we're constantly encountering interruptions and you know, traffic slows us down. We have to do this. And all of a sudden, oh my goodness, this thing happened. I listened to this song and I'd just been thinking about that. And that reminded me to call this person. And whereas if I'd have got where I was going sooner, I wouldn't have heard the song, might not have thought about that person, might not have called them. It, all those kind of things happen all the time. Do we recognize them? And so <clears throat> what James is commending here. He's commending thoughtful living with consideration of God and God's purposes in all that we do. So listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. Why? You don't even know about, your, you don't even know about tomorrow. And so I think he's echoing back to tomorrow will worry about itself. Today's got enough trouble of its own. Live today for God, live today for the kingdom, live today towards your neighbor, uh, towards the good purposes that God has for you. And so this notion of what is your life? Mm. James answers it. You're a mist. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now, James is not trying to be a downer here. He's not trying to just, you know, depress us and bring us down. It's like, oh, thanks, James, for reminding. He's speaking the truth. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 40. Oh, a voice crying in the wilderness, right? This is the passage that gets picked up, fulfilled in the ministry of John the Baptist. A voice crying out in the wilderness, right? A voice cry, says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Um, Ecclesiastes has some of this same language, right? Our lives are just passing. They're fleeting, chasing after the wind, right? And so our lives are so, so brief. <clears throat> Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. All the days ordained, this, these are the Psalms, Psalm 90. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be, Psalm 139. My times are in your hands, Psalm uh, 31. And so, wow. So James is reminding us, he's keeping us grounded in an essential truth that because of sin, because of the fall, we humans pass. We, we, we grow old and die. Sometimes our lives are cut short uh, prematurely. Many of us have known the tragedy of that, of family members and friends who've died before their time, we would say. 
And so James is commending a, a kind of living with an attentiveness to God in all that we say or do and to the fleetingness of our lives. You are but a mist. Your life passes so quickly. You're, we're not in control of our lives the way we think we're in control of our lives. We can't extend our lives. Remember Jesus said, who, who of you by worrying can add a single day or hour? You can't grow higher, taller. You can't, you can't, you can't increase your life. You can't extend your life. So, so I think James is speaking about all of that same reality that, that Jesus has been, um, that Jesus had already taught. Don't be just chasing after money. Don't be chasing after and anxious about clothes and shelter and food, worrying about your life. Hey, 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 hey. Seek first the kingdom of God. I think this is James. This passage is James's commentary. Seek first the kingdom of God. Get up into the morning. Say your prayers. Get about your day thinking, practicing the presence of God, as uh, the, the, the monk of old, uh, Brother Lawrence said, that this ancient monastic figure. Practice the presence of God. God, if there's anybody who comes across my path today who's, who, whose need I can meet, let me love my neighbor today. And so as we give ourselves, that is what the Lord wills for us to do, to love him with heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so what is your life? It's not, this, the, these words are not intended to discourage us and depress us. It, rather, they are to say, let's be thoughtful and conscious of the fact that our lives are fleeting, so this day is a gift. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm going to live this day with the highest priority of glorifying God, enjoying him forever, of trying to love him, heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. Now, it's hard to do this because we get up and we have our plans and we get about and we you know, check the news and we have our cup of coffee and we say our prayers and then I get off into my day and, and our mind slips away. You know, we, we don't always think and we're not as always attentive and, and conscious. Um, and so I love this passage um, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It's in a little different context. It's, it's, it's in the context of recognizing that our bodies, our physical bodies, are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God dwells in us. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit on, on Sunday mornings at Greenwich, right? And so God dwells with us, <laughs> the advocate, the comforter, the helper, the friend, he is inside of us. The Spirit of God, the very presence of God moves upon us uh, and dwells with us. And so in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Now, Paul speaking in the context of sexual immorality. There's some other things that are going on in his argument. But I love this language. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. You know, the blood of Jesus didn't just free us from our sins so we can go live any old way we want, autonomously, independent of God. Hey, I'm set free. I'm out of prison. So I'm going to go live my life the way I want. No, 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 no. The blood of Jesus purchased your pardon, but he purchased you. You belong to him now. 
you are not your own. Your life is not your own. You you are now <laughs> you are joined to to Jesus Christ who has purchased you. And you now exist to serve his purposes. And his purposes are good. And he wishes your joy and delight. And so as you do move to a different town or as you do take on a different field of endeavor, uh, pick up a new activity, uh, engage in new relationships, all of that is under the sovereign, watchful eye and providential hand of God who has purchased your life. He's created you in his image, and then he's redeemed you or purchased you through the blood of Jesus. And so what James is saying, let's live for God. And not to do so is sin. Now, we'll talk about that tomorrow, okay? So let's close out here. As we get into this new week, whatever we do, let's live it for God, okay? Father, hear our prayer. The gratitude that, that we express because of the lives that we have the bodies that you've given us, the Holy Spirit who dwells within us to remind us that we are your children. And so help us to use our energies and faculties to serve your purposes this day. And we'll let tomorrow worry about itself. And so keep us from boasting and bragging and, and, and asserting ourselves over our own future. Lord, we gladly acknowledge that we are yours, purchased through the precious blood of Christ, in whose name we pray and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh, may the God who loves you, who made you, who who purchased you and redeemed you. May he bless you this day and forevermore. Amen.